Andy does love some Andy. It's like you're inside of my head. <laughs> what is your fascination with Peterson? Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. Dear future me, <laughs> don't go to the courthouse. The Katie's moral a- of the story is don't leave your martial arts equipment and your other coat in a parallel dimension. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. <laughs> I'm Andy and I like every comic that's ever been made. I would not go to Jonathan Frake's booth because I would get space herpes. And now your hosts, Luke Matthews. Thunder. Thunder. Thunder! Thundercats! Ho! Andy Padel. We're gonna do Blackest Night. It was actually planning from back four years ago. We're just pulling this out of our ass, so we gotta come up with all these different land cords now. And Bean. I had the saddest of all of the two week periods. And Joel Simon. Okay, well, I wanna see how badly things could be. If I have to deal with a drug dealer who's high on, on ether and has been knocking his hose up left and right. Uh, You guys are killing me. I love it. Anyway, go on. Let's do this. There we go. The sound of the universe. (sighs) Not yet. yet. (sighs) Welcome to episode one of... Lamaze breathing from men. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode 25 of the Trade Secrets Podcast. We are here today to talk about Fear Agent. I am Luke. To my left is Andy Padel. Hey. Across the table from me is Joel Simon. Howdy. To my right is Ann Bean. Sup. Uh, Fear Agent is Rick Remender and Tony Moore primarily, uh, with assists by Jerome Pena, um, who eventually becomes the series regular artist, uh, but just kind of takes over half an issue in this one. Yeah. And um, published by Dark Horse, uh, the individual issues started coming out in 2006. The first trade came out in 2007, and uh, we will be talking about it later on in the show. For now, though, we will talk about what we're all we've all been reading. We'll start with Anne because uh, <laughs> thanks, you're done. We'll go on to Joel. No, <laughs> no that's actually true. I've spent the last two weeks like sitting by my computer, muttering to myself in a Scottish accent <laughs> because I've been reading the English and Scottish popular ballads as collected by Francis James Child, which is. Actually, really fucking fascinating, but you have to be willing to sit in a room for a couple of weeks and mutter to yourself in a Scottish accent. Uh, <laughs> if you want a reason why that's interesting, you can go look at my blog because I posted a thing that wasn't completely incomprehensible. com. You know, I, I did do that a couple of weeks after watching Braveheart. Yeah, so. yeah, I think everybody did. Yeah, yeah. Read you, the child ballads or mutter to yourself mutter, in a mutter Scottish, Scottish accent. Scottish. Okay. <laughs> Accent, Why yeah. would you act like the villains from that movie? No, he was Scottish. The right? thing <laughs> about William Wallace <laughs> is he wore pants or in real life. He's being a douche. Okay. Yes. The correct test <laughs> we just got me. <laughs> Ding. History is written by the vectors. <laughs> and that film was filmed in Ireland because they got a tax discount. Yeah, well, they're all the same place. Yeah, no, obviously. English Isles. <laughs> William Leonard is going to murder all of you. (laughs) (laughs) All of you. My last name does come from McBain. Oh, shit. 
I have walked my clan territory. It's, I haven't. It's 500 feet long. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see your tartan. Uh, it's, it's a tartan. Oh, it's ugly. Right. I'm not going to lie. I'm just saying. <laughs> None of that here. Come on. Okay. What are you Awkward. reading later? Uh, okay, so I was, I was reading um, uh, Venom, the new Venom takeoff on that with Flash Thompson. And they had this kind of series, uh, Circle of Five. And Venom was, they've taken it in a, in a new direction where it's Flash Thompson, who was Spider-Man's friend, I guess. Right, right. Got his legs blown off. Uh, the army send, hooks him up with the Venom symbiote, and then he goes on you know, special missions or whatever. And, and the circle of five was that he was on the lam from, he's AWOL from the military, and so they send Red Hulk after him. And while... <laughs> While Red Hulk was chasing after him, um, Ghost Rider, actually the new fucking Ghost Rider, there's a female the girl. Ghost Rider now. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't know this. Um, they all meet in Vegas, and Blackheart opens up uh, a portal to hell, and hell takes <laughs> like over Vegas. Do. Yeah, call that Old exactly. Town. Old Town? Old Town. Okay. <clears throat> what? what? Yeah, is it make, yes, it's crazy. I and just, oh I, I just want to think this of is why I don't read the. Core Marvel. No, 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 no. You, you're missing the potential here, right? <laughs> the Venom symbiote latching onto Red Hulk. Yeah, driving around on <laughs> Ghost or on Ghost Rider's motorcycle. Yes, exactly. <laughs> crossover yeah, potential. Exactly. X Cop did a crossover good. with Doctor McNinja. That was sweet. See, <laughs> see? it's not that far fetched. Yeah, but sure. it, anyway, it's yeah. I read it because it's Remender, and it is. Actually, Arguably cr- campy, yeah. The book is solid, though. Yeah, it, it really is. And it was since they're in hell, they die a couple times. They go over what their feels, fears, and insecurities are. You can die in hell. Yeah, yeah, the Marvel universe is weird that way. You die in hell, and then you come back and die again, and it's hell. They, they can do whatever. I'm Strangely, to Dante. Strangely enough, the New Mutants are the ones who spend the most time in hell. Mm. Well, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then I was reading um, uh, Ultimate. Cable and Deadpool, which is I've never I've never read that series, so now it goes over the whole Providence Cable being the Messiah, a mutant Messiah, and uh, it you know, one of the cool things is there's a reason why Deadpool acts so wacky is because of his healing compound or something like that. He has the memory of a goldfish, and so <laughs> he just he just um, does whatever, and it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I never I. I never read anything from the Ultimate Universe beyond uh, Ultimates. Well, I read, I read Ultimates. I read a lot of the original stuff. I read a lot of mm-hmm. the Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate X-Men, the Ultimates, um, Ultimate Iron Man. Some of the original, like the first couple of years. I never got as far as Ultimatum. Like I never got to the reboot of the reboot, yeah. and uh, so I just. And I'm glad I didn't because I was. Yeah. I would have frustrated the shit out of me. Like create a universe and let it run. Don't. Just sit there and fuck with it all the time. Um, Isn't that what all the Marvel universes do? Yeah. Or, uh, yet another but, reason why I don't DC, read the core Marvel universe. DC does it too. You know, oh, clearly. It was all yep. about that. Yep. Um, I, literally, so, I literally, I looked at my list of comics that I have in my pull box, hmm. and I've got, I think, 19, no, about 18 different comics right now. Nice. And uh, one Marvel book. What One Big two book, mm. period. Mm. And that's Mighty Thor. Yeah. And nothing else. Everything else that I pull is is indie or creator-owned stuff. No, no Journey in the Mystery? <clears throat> nope. Wow, okay. No. So, 
just to, to cover one point, it's not the ultimate Cable and Deadpool. It's the ultimate collection of Cable and Deadpool. Okay. So it's the big one. It's not the ultimate universe. But I have been reading Ultimate Universe, and this Andy yesterday, or not yesterday, last podcast, he was saying it was wait, like yesterday for me. Wait a minute. Okay, yeah. You here, said Ultimate here, Cable Deadpool. I thought Ultimate I, I, Universe. Well, it was I didn't realize it. Why the fuck would they name any collection Ultimate after having the Ultimate Comics and the Ultimate... <laughs> fuck... Fuck Marvel. Because the goal is to make a book that's the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate. Yeah. The, yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> and that that will happen. That will happen. Yeah, the, the, the goal is to confuse the living shit out of your readers and get them to a point where they have no idea what they're reading anymore. Yeah. And, and I, didn't, I didn't buy it. I, I got it from a friend who's a real big Deadpool fan. I was like, oh, I want to read some up on this. And um, I, I don't know. I find Deadpool an interesting character because he's been alive for so long. And, and his whole shtick is that he's got this healing factor, but the healing factor is keeping his cancer in check because he also has cancer. Yeah. And so he's always he living in He is cancer. He, he is, is a cancer. living tumor. Okay. There First appearance of Deadpool was in New Mutants 98, along with Gideon. No one cares about Gideon. No one cares about Deadpool, really. Isn't that where Domino came in, too? Uh, no, she was 97. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, and one of the great things about this is that in between each one of the issues, they have covers done by Liefeld. Oh, oh God. God. Oh, wow. Just the oh yeah, the lopsided eyes are oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Throat and abs. Yeah. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Thrabs. Yeah, Thrabs and extra pouches. Oh god. And yes. there's there's one scene where Cable gets knocked into an armory and he grabs this Gatling gun and comes out and it's labeled Life Filled XS on the side. Yes. <laughs> like yeah, okay. I so I, I have the Spawn toy from Spawn number eight where he has the ridiculously like. Just giant gun for uh-huh. no reason other than he needed weapons for that storyline. He's like, yeah. oh, I have spawn energy, and it's going to run out. Um, I'll grab this gun to fight this giant yeah. cyborg guy. The toy won't fucking stand up. <laughs> <laughs> the gun weighs more than the toy, and it's not bigger. But it's like you set it down, and you're just like, okay, cool. It's, <laughs> <conk."> <laughs> um, it's like it's Barbie and her. Okay, so her I do, do want to say one thing. So last podcast, Andy was talking about how Hulk is a D-list superhero but an a-list threat in the ultimate universe um they couldn't figure out how to deal with this threat so they just dropped the hulk from a satellite you already said that like uh, did i yeah did wow. he because i don't think i don't he did. remember that either nope no i i did tell did we, you did we talk about yeah, okay. we talked about this but not <laughs> on the podcast <laughs> sorry the the talking i do with joel on the podcast seems to be blending in with the talking i do with joel in real life yeah, yeah much like my life in general anyway i'm done yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Huh? What about you? What do you mean? Uh, so, first off, actually, the only thing I'm going to talk about now that I think about it is Ardvar, <laughs> which was a Mobius book. Uh-huh. Mm. It is completely insane. Yeah. Completely insane. That's pretty typical. Book. It is a Mobius book. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, Mobius has also done the Inkle. Um, he's done a lot of really interesting things. Uh, Screaming Head. Uh, he does this weird mashup of sci-fi and fantasy, and none of it makes any sense at all. At one point, there's a character who goes into like an incubation chamber while there's a jury around him and comes out as an alligator. Was <laughs> <laughs> this like all of Mobius's weird dreams, like put on paper? That's, no, that's Screaming Head. Screaming Head is just completely it, yeah. like it's beyond surreal into com- just to absolute like illogical fiction. Mm. Um, but so the copy that I got of. Ard- Ardvar? Ardvars? I don't know. It's French. 
Like, it's all in French. So to add to the fact that I have no idea what's going on by the art that's depicted, everything's in French. Well done. Google Translate with my friend for that bad boy. <laughs> and you know what? Still doesn't make any no, sense. It, of course Google not. Translate is crap. I mean, it's not crap, but it won't make sense of the grammar and like turn it into a sentence that makes any sense. I, don't, I, I really don't think Shakespeare, if he was bilingual, would be able to translate that correctly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's the only thing I really want to talk about other than singles that I you know read the same stuff. Bunch of X-books I could bitch about. The upcoming X Men versus Avengers. Oh fuck! I, I don't. <laughs> oh fuck! Like I really like the creative team, <laughs> but come on, Iron Man versus Magneto. No, you know I saw. I that saw. Seems really one way. I, I know. Does, yeah. yeah, it does. The, the Iron, oh, Iron the Man versus Magneto, and then I saw Captain America versus Cyclops, and I'm sorry, Cyclops has no shot, no. none whatsoever. But are you fucking kidding me? The the. Captain America's shield is adamantium. Yeah. No, it's okay. vibranium. Or vibranium. Vibranium. Yeah. Okay. Cyclops's laser beams can shoot through vibranium. That no. doesn't mean he'll actually No. 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 Mm-mm. No. I, it, it, okay. beside, so he, vibranium yeah. d- d- distracts all um what vibrations? Doesn't it absorb all vibrations? So there's that's the whole thing why vibranium is good. Am I wrong about yes. this? No, you're okay. correct, but laser and, beams are not and, vibrations. Well, they're, they're technically energy, force blasts. Energy. So it's I just don't I'm sorry, I don't think that I I wow. I think it's ridiculous. I think Captain America would get 2 inches away like like lickety split, one punch, fight over. But like, that's like not even the most imba- like there's going to be some good fights there. Like I want to see Gambit versus Wolverine round 3. They've each won once. I want to see uh, fucking Storm versus Thor. I'm pretty Ooh. sure Thor is going to win, but that's a good pairing. I just, yeah. I just electric versus electric. I, I don't know the whole the whole concept of it. Like the fact that that is that is what Marvel has become has just been skipping from event to event to event to event. There's mm. no there's no longer just stories. Yeah, there's event stories. event event, and that is proven by fucking AVX versus. <laughs> that is the dumbest fucking thing in the world it's like have you heard superhero about death no, is superhero it? death match it's, it's, six, it's six books six books nothing but fights really that's just fights that's dragon ball z yeah exactly mm. i mean um, i think that I, has plots i can't wait till professor x is like call me ah! <laughs> right and all of a sudden blonde hair shoots out of his head <laughs> <laughs> well and, and you know the reason why they're fighting they, they've set it up it's all because Could the they? phoenix force is coming back We've got a redheaded psychic. Don't that's, care. Yeah. What? What? Don't care. Oh my gosh. Don't care. How can you? I like I like Marvel characters. I think that they they're this is this is the period of time when they are the most misused. Um, you mean but they're that's used just as meat puppets? <laughs> yeah, to yeah, kind of throw basically. at each other. So I don't know. It's uh, it, event, 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 event. That's all it ever is. Yeah. And maybe I, we'll and get like, back to story the, at some the point. The thing that blows me away is fear itself is still going on. And no, it's. Sort it's, of. It's over, but don't they have the fearless? The fearless, the fearless. And, yeah, okay. and yeah. Yeah. That's baffling. Just kill it. So. Just put it out of its memory. Misery. I don't think I ever picked up book seven of Fear Itself. I don't know how it really... I, I never got past book three. Two. I... Yeah. Anyway, I am reading uh, more of the uh, the Becky Cloonan, Brian Wood Conan, which is... It's, it's really good, but... 
Um, it's two issues in so far. No, no, no. Right, but here's here's my complaint so far. Like I, when after reading issue one, we talked about it on the show, and I, I specifically mentioned I wanted to see how Becky Cloonan would handle combat. Um, they got into combat in the second issue, and I actually think it was uh, pretty disappointing because her her style is great. I like her designs. I like the way she draws Conan. I like the way she draws her characters. I like Belit a lot. Um, I think the combat in the second issue fell really flat because she she is not she didn't make it dynamic enough and she spent more time focusing on like off-camera violence and like facial shots of Conan while things were going on off-camera and it was and that's to me that's just not the right style for Conan. You wanted that's, to see more body tangling and less blood spraying type thing or He wants to see grown men wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> no, doesn't? I just want I, I mean, want to see in loincloths. I want to see dynamically posed characters actually fighting. I don't want to see the look on Conan's face when somebody is being killed off screen. Um, Because that's, yeah, more like Northlanders, more like, more even like the Carrie Nord Conan stuff, right? um, It was much more, uh, it was just, it was, it just wasn't very exciting. And it's supposed, it's combat. It's supposed to be exciting. It was Conan taking out an entire ship full of brigands. It was supposed to be exciting. And it was kind of boring. Um, I like the writing in the book. I do like Becky Cloonan's style, but I just think that she needs to she needs to step up the dynamism in her combat. Some I think this might be the first book that she's done that's had like I mean, Wolves has a couple of action scenes, mm-hmm. but in general, I mean, if you think the stuff um, demo or uh, oh, DC, no, yeah, yeah, no, I understand that she's not really an action girl, but. She needs to be if she's going to draw Conan. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's the thing. It it it. What worries me about it is, I I draw. I don't do it as much as I used to, but I I understand the the fear of stepping out of your comfort zone, and I'm worried that this isn't an artistic choice as much as it is a mental block, a mental block, or a worry that her her she's worried that her combat won't come across well so she's avoiding it and that's what i don't want to see because i i I would i really want to see what she would do with real like action oriented combat scenes anyway uh, the book the book is good and i'm going to continue to collect it because i really like the writing and i really like her art for the most part um i just i just want more 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 action so more back and slash i'm super excited oh well, fuck it. I'm super excited about this combination <laughs> like between Brian Wood and Bo- Becky Cloonan, and I'm willing to pay for, you know, like even six or eight issues if, it, you know, it takes her a little bit to get into yeah, the zone. Yeah, exactly, and that's because what I'm saying. if you don't do that, then they're going to cancel the book, and I don't want to see that. I no. want to see Brian Wood and Becky Cloonan both get more work. Yeah, I that. totally agree. Because Wood, Wood is only doing DMZ. Well, DMZ's, DMZ's over. over. Yeah. No, he's taking over uh, Ultimate X-Men and X-Men. Really? That was wow. a that was a thing that I read. He say, he he posted to Twitter about the fact that he's the first the first writer ever to write in both the core and ultimate universes simultaneously. Interesting. Mm. Um and it's it's a it was an announcement at WonderCon that he's going to be taking over X-Men and and Ultimate X-Men. I'd be really interested to see what he does with that. Yeah. 
Actually, that was the one thing that I did read that was comic related. I finished Local and I read the script for Local issue number five, which mm-hmm. was really interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, from a craft perspective, it was interesting. But in general, I, I like his script writing style. Yeah. I don't know if that means anything to anyone who's not writing comics. But And speaking of people taking over comics, I, I read also that Cullen Bunn is going to be taking over Wolverine from Jason Fuck Aaron. Fuck yeah. That's That'll be really cool. Yes. Yeah. Send him a message be like, I, I highly doubted anyone being able to take over Jason Aaron's shoes. And I've got quite a bit of faith that yeah. it'll be handled correctly. Yeah. I also read the first issue of Saga. BKV's new book, um, it got it, it is getting overhyped. <laughs> I like it. Don't get me wrong. It's it's a it's an interesting world. It's um, it's a cool adventure story, and it's a it's a pretty basic story. Right? What, the, what's the what's story? The, pre- the premise of the book is, excuse me. There are there are these two warring races, um, one of which occupied the largest planet in this solar system, the other which had occupied a moon that orbited that planet. The two of them went to war. The war spread out across the galaxy to the point where now, back on the home planet, there has been a, a peace has, has has emerged. And the reason the peace exists on the home planet is because they now do war elsewhere. That's kind of the the arrangement is that they like don't robot jocks kind of yeah they don't war they don't war on their wow. own planets nice. anymore they just, they just ship it out and do it elsewhere the premise is that there is um one of a, a guy from the moon race i don't remember what they're called and, and a woman from the other race who get together and have a child and um they are being pursued because they both basically deserted their respective armies to do this so they're they're being pursued. Their child is being pursued, and it's the story of them trying to escape with the child. And it's being told. It's narrated by the kid, yeah. like grown up, being told, telling the story of of and, her parents and soundtrack and soundtrack by Cher. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, nice. Oh, I know. Uh, so I just simply want to say it's nice to know that the, you know you're going to know how the, sort of, to a certain extent the book ends. Because one thing Brian K. Vaughn isn't capable of is ending a storyline. Yeah, yeah, seriously. It's uh, the first issue is good. It's 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 a good, um, decent little sci-fi world. Fiona Staples' art is better than average, but not spectacular. Um, it's very overhyped. I think. I think a lot of people are going nutballs over it, and like it's the greatest sci-fi comic ever made. Burr, burr, burr. And it's it is not. It is not that. Yeah. It is. It is a good comic. I think a lot of people are getting hyped up because of the fact that it's like Brian will or Brian K. Vaughn's return to comics and yeah. blah. And <laughs> you thought like, he couldn't disappoint you with the last series or the one before <laughs> that? <laughs> He's got a surprise for you. So yeah. If so, you, yeah. Were, if you mean, were a fan of Wide No Last Ending or. <laughs> <laughs> ending ex machina <laughs> you're gonna love saga without an end that's why it's a saga <laughs> why you no end this <laughs> why you no end this <laughs> So for the last two weeks, well, for me, 
today. <laughs> We've been reading Fear Agent, the first tr- the first trade of Fear Agent, uh, called Reignition, uh, encompassing the first four issues of the the uh, comic book. Uh, again, to repeat, it's written by Rick Remender. Uh, this was primarily uh, drawn by Tony Moore, who has done a lot of stuff. I mean, most people will recognize him from the first six issues of Walking Dead. Uh, he was the original artist on Walking Dead. I think that's Dead. actually where he went from, Fear um, Agent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, assisted by Jerome Pena. Um, and Is that the, uh, the original artist for Uncanny X-Force? I think so. Me, yes. I know I, he did yeah. X-Force. Yeah. Or I think Uncanny X-Force, some of them. It's possible. Yes. Yeah. I, I did know Tony Moore did Exterminators, too. Oh, oh Exterminators yeah. was yeah. really yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it was good stuff. Um, th- so, uh, fair warning, as always, we're going to spoil the crap out of this as we talk about it. So, if you haven't read it, I would suggest going and reading it. Um, Heath dies. <laughs> In the end. Lot. I was a failed experiment. Um, this is an interesting, it's an interesting comic to me. It's, uh, if you imagine a modern sci-fi, modern sci-fi sensibilities in so much as the dialogue and the, and the kind of the way they develop the storyline, but it's very much couched in an old school sci-fi serial Buck Rogers like, yeah. like Buck 50s Rogers style like or fi- yeah 50s. 50s or early 70s like I, I couldn't decide between Buck Rogers and the original I, Battlestar Galactica yeah I, th- I think it's more more 50s because yeah. you know they've got the bubble helmets and the crazy ray guns I, and the, I love the bubble helmets oh I love the uh, the design of the comic book and the character is excellent you know the main bad guys are giant jelly jelly covered brains and and monsters and it, it's it's interesting to me that um uh, I'm re- I'm currently reading uh, the second uh, John Carter book, uh, Gods of Mars, and this this is very much that kind of feel, right? That kind of like swashbuckling adventure feel, yeah. only you know with uh, a modern you know winging some modern dialogue and and kind of uh, modern sci-fi into it, um, and violence and so yeah. much <laughs> glorious glorious yes. violence. Great and, violence and drunken debauchery. Yep, this one doesn't have that much debauchery in it. Yes, yeah. this, this in some way the there is vomit on the ceiling. Yeah, in some ways this reminded me a little bit of what the like kind of what the tooth was trying to do in terms of like bringing a retro vibe with a with modern feel. But I feel like this accomplished that goal anyway much more successfully. Yeah, in the no. like you say it it felt like a pulp novel, but a lot more like readable and like less mm-hmm. blatantly offensive like i would <laughs> I, honestly i would not have been surprised if this would have been um uh, like paired with a conan story or something yeah, like that I could see that in like in the back like a flip book um flip. yeah that's kind of what i was thinking of uh red and tokyo storm warning i don't know if you've ever seen the actual no, original no red comic book but it was so you look at it from one side and it's red okay and then you flip it over and then you know position it sure. correctly and it's Tokyo Storm warning there's okay. two books and they're you know just mirrors of each other I would have loved to have seen Fear Agent do this with like the Becky Clune and Brian Wood Conan or or to be entirely honest if you want to book Northlanders like or, yeah, Northlanders would have been an awesome yeah. flip <laughs> with with yeah. Fear Agent um, because then you you're not you know it's it's a new pro it's a uh, it's not a an adaptation it's right everything that's good about alan moore's ideas like league of extraordinary gentlemen being uh the two penny novels without any of the pretentiousness <laughs> yeah i i can agree with that well in yeah. that it's like imitating an older form i could see that yeah no it's but know. it's not it's not just imitating it it's actually you know sort of bringing that to the the modern day sure 
Like you don't need a, you know, why you know grammar so bad article <laughs> in that. But it's just, it just feels, it's fun, it's quick. You read through it. It's got action. It's got some drama, some suspense. It's got fishbowl helms. Sorry. I, I mean, we're all about tentacles and fishbowl helms. But yeah. um, I think the reason why I kind of liked it, and I don't really like pulp. It doesn't do a whole lot for me, not going to lie. Because it's, to be honest, it's really like if you say overly it's masculine. I'm not going to lie. It's like okay. I'm a 12 year old boy and I like booze and boobs and stubble, as noted. Now, now see, fuck this, yes. This is what this is what Let I want to ask you. Uh, I'll, I'll ask you later, but go ahead. Other go half ahead. of my point go is ahead. the reason why I found this one compelling because I did was because it had rock solid story. Yes, um, they set up a really interesting problem that like affects Earth forever. And I think both characters, or both of the main human characters, ha- are are like poised at the beginning of a really interesting character arc. So, out of curiosity, and this is the only volume that you've read, right? Yeah. Okay, so Luke, you've read three of them. Uh, yeah, I think so. Three, three or, or four? Read four? I think I've read four. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm just kind of curious to see what your perspective is on you know how this book ends. It's like how are they possibly going to get out of that situation? And as you said, the repercussions for Earth. And pretty whatnot. massive. Yeah. Um, I, I, d- I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think Heath is actually dead. And or, okay, maybe and maybe he is dead straight up. But the thing, the thing. So th- that's one of the things I wanted to comment on at, as to take this four issue trade as uh, as a single like book. I actually don't like that cliffhanger kind of ending to it um and that's and partially because this is just a personal taste thing i really like reading um if i'm going to buy a trade of something i like to see um an arc that actually has a close to it not just the first not just the first part and that's what this is that's the 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 cliffhanger ending at the ending of this, for anybody who hasn't read the comic yet, is going to be just like reading an individual issue. with a, with a It's just a big, long individual issue and expecting you to buy the next one. It's not, it is not a complete story arc. Um, I think that's fair to that's, the, the but that's pulp how mindset. This, yeah, though. the serials are, though. Sure. You no, know, I don't, ended, don't get me wrong. I, I, I understand that. I'm just, I don't know if I was really, I don't know if I... You just don't like it. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just... I I don't mind because I know that um, later on the the story. I mean, so to clarify, also um, the comic book is is over now. Uh, it ended a few months ago. It's uh, thirty two issues total, and is actually a complete story arc front to back. And um, I guess I don't mind the concept of of this just being a part of the overall arc because of the fact that it's not, it's not an ongoing in the traditional sense where they, they were going to just have like batty of the, you know, a, a six issue arcs a with stuff. It's like, well, part of it was the fact that it wasn't really published, you know, continuously. Right. Um, mm. I don't remember why, but I think I, it's because it was, I think it was just because it was a, cr- it's a creator owned work and they did it, as they could. Yeah. You know? Because, I mean, Remender was working on End League, and he got the Marvel gigs, which have worked out 
awesomely for him. Yeah. Luckily, Uncanny X-Force is doing really well. Um, and then Tony Moore, like you said, moved to Walking Dead. Walking Dead. And then Jerome uh, Opeña. Opeña? Opeña, yeah. Uh, took over and... Um, I don't think he was all the way through though, because they do he, they do flip around artists a few times in this book. So there's there's I don't remember who the other artists are to be in, off the top of my head, but um, I know that they also had the the Tales of the Fear Agent stuff, which was like spin off stories yeah. uh, by different creators. But, um, I mean, okay, so you've got during the time that Fear Agent was published, from the first issue to the last issue, uh, Rick Remender worked on End League. Uh, Uncanny X Force, Last Days of American, Last Crime. Days of American Crime, oh, Amazing Spider-Man, um, yeah. lots of oh shit, like a ton of different books, and it's awesome that he's getting a bunch of work, except for his run on Punisher. Which I was, was going to say Frankencastle. He did Frankencastle. <laughs> Let's not forget Frankencastle. So I, I've met him a couple times, and he's a super nice guy. And I hope he never hears this, but I hate his run for Frankencastle. Uh, most people do. I, uh, I've heard some people that think it's really awesome. Oh, you got screwed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My copy of Fear Thank Agent you. is fourteen ninety five. Luke's copy of Fear Agent is fourteen ninety five. Joel's copy is sixteen ninety nine. Late adopter. Oh. Um, but I mean, like, so you know, Rick Remender was getting a bunch of work that was not creator owned stuff that pays his bills and absolutely it's like hey you know what and without that work he probably would not have been able to continue fear agent right that's the that's the key so um i i'm a big fan of to start out the design work in this book the the character designs the enemy designs the 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 random four-legged trucker (laughs) alien at the beginning that's a great design um what does he say by glorg (laughs) yeah my glorg no um the uh, just just the the way he makes everything look, and you never it's it's one of those awesome uh, successfully pulpy things where you never really question how things work, right? Nope. You never yeah, you're never at true. a point where you're like, oh, that's not plausible, or the rocket shouldn't look like that. You, you, you know, your vibranium doesn't you just, yield to lasers. <laughs> Yeah, it's you, you. You're never like, no. How would you do the bulb helmets? That doesn't make any sense. No, you just don't care. You Glass just can't possibly hold up to the barrier of a <laughs> vacuum. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you, and there are there's certain things like he's got a billion different guns, and they all do. You don't need to talk about the guns. All you need to talk about is that the protagonist has a fishbowl helmet. And a belt buckle that has the state of Texas on yeah. it. Yeah, so that doesn't state everything you need to know about this guy. Yeah, I, you're you're lost. Yeah, you know the one. Okay, a couple things. I realize why I like this noir, like pulpy stuff, is because of all the introspection. You usually have what's going on in the 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 main character's head. You know, because yeah. when it, when it starts off, you you have. Um, you have him climbing, and he's on this mission of extermination. And it's it really is, he kind of bumbles his way through this whole event, and and you love every moment of it. Bumbling through because he his ship wouldn't allow him to drink. <laughs> well, well, yeah. yeah but the, he had that's, to go into it sober. But that's, that's how, that's how the, his, his entire, even when he, he is drunk, it goes, he kind of bumbles through stuff. And, and eventually, he actually touches on this, eventually he catches a break. 
So yeah, like, his his opening job it's his that he's fine, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> the I opening, didn't say what kind of break. The opening job that he's he's done. He's he's trying to take on these uh, almost sentient apes, and All, no, they're sentient. Oh, they are. They're just like sentience class G or something. Yeah, they they right. don't really say any, say any words, and it turns out that they're they're building um they're building a rocket ship, which is equivalent of orangutans building a rocket ship. And it turns out that uh, so he's trying to take them out, and when he has them like dead to dead to rights, somebody jumps him from behind and breaks open his little freon hose. And not only does it bite into his arm, but it freezes his arm and the guy's head. So how does he get his arm free? He cracks the guy, the this ape's head open, but his arm's still frozen. So he's he's got a frozen arm. He's got all these apes coming after him, and he runs off. But when he runs around the corner. He runs into a class A intellect that tries to mind control him and force him to suicide. So what does he do? He puts on his little fishbowl helmet and it blocks out the mental control. But um, but the the apes are still chasing after him. So he runs away from that. And and this blob hilarity ensues. Well, I guess so. I mean, I'm trying to I just love how the beats of this action goes from one point to the next to the next and always drives the narrative forward. And he does a really good job at that. And And there wasn't ever there wasn't ever a point where you felt it was unnatural. Right. You read it. You read it and it just goes beat to beat to beat and you never ever feel there's never a point in this book even when I read the later trades there was never a point where he turned a corner and I went oh come on yeah. that never happens well it's it feels like there's always a reason why he's doing what he's doing and where right. he is what he is it may be a like a silly reason like I froze my own arm and this thing yeah. is trying to mind control me mm-hmm. yeah. run so away but. in a universe yeah. that has giant jellyfish sentient creatures the spacemen wear fish bowls, and you've got brains and fish tanks piloting <laughs> giant robot suits. Yeah, and he flies around in a rocket ship. It's and like it's an actual, actual rocket, rocket like an old school fifties yeah. like rocket ship. You expect Fremont. it to be hanging off of but a the, wire. The best, the best thing is when this whole scene ends. Of course, he's standing with an explosion. He's walking away from an explosion. You know, just like a <laughs> an action movie. You, you can't get any campier than that. And it says to be continued. Um, it's 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 good stuff. I, I really love it. And every once in a while, you kind of, I, I don't know the best way to say this, but he's not, he's not a complete dolt because he always quotes Sam Clemens yeah. th- throughout this. They, his mom wanted to give him some culture. So as he's going along, he has these Sam Clint, uh, Clemens quotes that he, mm-hmm. he'll quote from. Can you say Rudyard Kipling? Rudyard Kipling. Whoa! I, yeah. You got Sam it's, Clemens. It's been, I, I was just going to say, I'm like, took, you know what? Been practicing. It, took, it took an entire year. An entire year. I've been practicing. <laughs> I've been waiting. I didn't. I didn't choke on that. But uh, one of the best quotes from this is: there's one scene, like right before, right before he, the end, where he quotes Sam Clemens, and I, I got I don't want to get this wrong, because it's it's fucking morbid. Well, it's nicely set up because there's a lot of Sam Clemens quotes in the front. And then we kind of forget about it for a while because we're busy fighting tentacle things. And then he he pops one nicely in the end there. Yeah. He says, well, one of them is, he says that (laughs) courage, courage is the resistance of fear, not the absence of it. And, you know, he's a f- he, he holds his fear. He uses his fear against him. Is it courage is resistance to fear, not the absence of it? We're, we're looking and same. looking and that's yeah, what that's what it, I thought you said. Of, hey, good. if you're going to quote Current someone, you quote them right. Mm. <sighs> oh, quit your crying. It's been a year. Oh, Get used God. to it. I know. 
a year that I'll never get back. Oh. But I um I want to talk about the artwork. The amazing artwork. Tony Moore like I liked Tony Moore's artwork in Walking Dead. That was my introduction to Tony Moore's stuff. Um I've since seen him do other stuff, but is he doing Invincible now? No. No, no, no. That's Ryan Holly. Did he do Invincible for nope. a brief period of time? Mm-mm. No? Okay. Pretty he, much since issue 11, it's been Ryan Otley straight he, uh, Tony Moore was one of the artists on Circle of Five, which is kind of weird because seeing um, Marvel characters drawn kind of like this in Tony Moore style hmm. doesn't really fit. That's interesting. Yeah. His Captain America looks he, like... See, the thing is, is that I, I think it... That actually doesn't bother me at all because his artwork in some ways, especially in this book with the design of, of Heath, reminds me a lot of Art Adams. Um, and Art Adams had that same thing. He drew, when he drew, uh, like when he was doing Fantastic Four, um, way back in like the early 90s when they had the the Fantastic Four, the real Fantastic Four vanished. So they had like Captain America, Spider-Man, Hulk, and Ghost Rider. Ghost yeah. Rider as the Fantastic Four and Art Adams was doing that run. Like, um, I thought that I I especially liked um, his Captain America, and I think that that's kind of the same feel you get off of of Tony Moore's stuff when he draws the superhero books. It's very, it's very Art Adamish. It's got a little bit of that cart kind of cartoony yeah. feel to it, and the you know the the thick jawed here you know wide wide shouldered heroes and, and brows. Yeah, and. Um, were the Avengers really popular at that point? Back the Fantastic Four thing? When the Fantastic Four were not the Fantastic Four, they were the other Fantastic Four. Uh, it's like, you know, no one really likes Ben Grimm right now. <laughs> Mr. Fantastic, <laughs> eh, he's not really cool with the kids. People are buying those Avengers <laughs> books right now, so here's yeah, what we're going right. to do. We're going to take three of the Avengers and add Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> I've got um, I've got a uh, a copy of, of an old Hellboy comic book that had a Monkey Man and O'Brien story in the back. Nice. Signed by Art Adams with a fucking Bic ballpoint pen. Nice. Because <laughs> that's all he wow. had on him at the time. Did you like mug him in a bus stop or something? No, he Art Adams, sign this. <laughs> no, he uh, he actually showed up um, at a comic shop in Bend, Oregon, uh, when I, where I lived at the time, and um, it was not very well announced or anything and I kind of caught him at the tail end and he just like shuffled through his pockets for whatever he could find and (laughs) grabbed a ballpoint pen and used heroin needle this won't work (laughs) three three bucks fuck yeah oh and a ballpoint pen Uh, (laughs) thanks mean Joe Um, no I I really I really enjoy Tony Moore's art in this Um, and I I think um, what's kind of unfortunate is, is that I'm not a huge fan of some of Jerome Pena's stuff because it feels rushed, right? And it, it it's the reason he's even doing the book is because he needed to fill in for Tony Moore who couldn't, you know, who couldn't finish the stuff. So it is in some ways rushed. So it kind of feels a little sloppy, um, like Opeña's stuff. Uh, it didn't bother me, honestly. Um, it's It's weird because some panels look really good some of some of opinion's panels look really good and some of them just don't yeah. to me i and mean i think that Moore's is stronger but yeah it didn't really bother me yeah um i thought the color scheme was completely appropriate for oh yeah the, like mm. i i love like not 
I love the art itself, but the aesthetic, like the overall, just the feel of the artwork. Yeah. Everything, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, the Texas belt buckle and the fishbowl helmet. Okay, you, you've got me there. And the, What's and the rocket the, ship going to look like? It's going to look like a 50s rocket ship. The, it's got a face on the front. The, yes. the, the, laser the circular ray gun thing that looks like it should be going. Like the old Zeta, oh. the old Zeta yeah. rays from. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what the fuck is that? Um, that thing, that time that had yeah. that stuff. And rocket packs. The place. Yeah. You can't go wrong with a rocket pack. Yeah, oh, right. Come on. Okay, so so one of the things I, so my history with this series is that Andy, my original pusher, had given me the single issues of this, and the issues that he had me start off with were after this that kind of give the backstory of Heath Houston and how he ended up being a fear agent. Okay. So I thought that was the beginning, and then after I read those, I was familiar with the whole storyline and why what. Dresselians and and Tadalians are yeah. yeah. So it's a bunch of the stuff after this, like the backstory. Yeah, yeah. Is the rest of this entire book the backstory? No, no. Okay, good. No, if they w- didn't resolve this, I would be a little pissed. No, yeah, and well, and that's the whole thing is after I read that that backstory, and then I got some other Ford stories. I read this, so I thought this was actually sure. like four. You got five it in, in chronological the- order. Uh, yeah, no, because it doesn't. Okay, does two start with a flashback, or does it start with the resolution of this? I have no idea. You fucked me up so badly with this whole storyline. I don't. I don't know how how this ends. I haven't seen what happens after this. But you have. No, I haven't. All right, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um. Fuck. <laughs> wow, I, I was about to say something, and my brain just locked up. It was up poignant. On me, so yes, and and. and but the one thing the one thing i really enjoy is how all these alien races are out to get this guy yeah you know and it really isn't explained here but later on uh he does some really (laughs) epic shit (laughs) blowing up blown up death stars and stuff that genocidal would be the term that i would use (laughs) epic genocidal give it away i'm not gonna say who well okay true genocide or someone yeah exactly um but it, it Really Whoops. turns out that this this guy who who can't keep his ship clean is a <laughs> drunk is basically the savior of humanity. Of course, yeah, that's okay. the way it always wait, works. Wait, what? Really? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I wasn't familiar with. Come you know, on, he's like, Bruce you, Willis from Armageddon. Yeah. What are you talking about? No, I, I was going to say <laughs> Jesus. I mean, <laughs> I don't think Jesus was quite so as Bruce Willis from Armageddon. Oh, oh good point. Yeah, Space right? Jesus. Yeah. Space <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. True. What did you want to ask me? Drilling Jesus. Okay, so I, I know you're drilling Jesus. I know you're big on, on women's name, rights I and stuff. I don't want to say stuff. I don't want to label you as a feminist, but label you, me as a feminist. Okay, I'm a feminist. <laughs> okay, you're, you're not fun. actually an so, insult. So if if you're a feminist, some people can might we call you a feminist. No, damn sure. it. Yeah, people don't. Well, like you labels, can. So. <laughs> um, okay, so here's the question: <laughs> Did you did you take did you take Heath's lingo, especially with with the dames and also Annie as like misogynistic. Well, it's, he's misogynistic, but I don't think that makes him an unsympathetic character. Okay. Like, I think that the reason don't say words, Andy, just don't say them. Um, oh, there's so many, so many delicious words that I want to put in here, but no, 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 go ahead. Um, the reasons why I wasn't like, you gross. This is too misogynistic. Like it's, yeah. it's manly, but it's not like, I don't. I don't think as a woman you will be like revolted by reading *Fear Agent*. I think it's. I think both characters have a lot of strengths and compelling facets. And I think one of the draws of this book is it's like the alcoholic loser that saves the world, right? We yeah. love that story. The thing is, the female character has a is a really nice 
counterpoint to him because she's kind of bumbling in a way that he's like accidentally clever or accidentally canny in terms of like this alien world but at the same time she's intelligent where he's a dumbass mm. like yeah. the way that they react to situations in opposite ways is really interesting i don't think she's been developed much yet she, but i feel like she has a lot of room to grow she does get developed later on it, and th- and that's one of the things I, i'm hoping by now she realizes that what she just did was bad <laughs> right like, <that's laughs> like yeah i love that line yeah um because later on um i had read some of the later issues and and she does get developed there is a backstory to her and what her drives are uh, which is pretty crazy yeah, pretty crazy, and it pretty much. I, and the one thing I've noticed is that, like, the ongoing theme throughout these books is revenge. Everybody's mm. driven by revenge. They want to get back at the people who have killed their families. They want to get it back at the people who have destroyed their their livelihoods. You know. Yeah. Revenge and critical mistakes are the two ongoing <laughs> themes throughout <laughs> Fury. Nice. Yeah. Plans never go as they're planned. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, yeah. They really don't. <laughs> no, I was going to say, no, he did exactly what he intended to do, just to the wrong audience. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, that, is, that is, to me, like, I think you summed it up pretty good. This is like the, you know, the drunken loser who saves the world is the appeal of this book. And you kind of um, just accept Heath as he is and just, you're like following along his bumbling adventure and and i lost yeah. my point again. i think, I think but I, i'm just gonna stop trying and to that's talk. the one thing is how do you find that fine line between a complete asshole and the lovable loser you know there's, there's it's a really it, fine line to walk it is it's it's hmm. not exactly an easy thing to do I feel like an asshole to... yes loser mm. <laughs> you're not lovable though so that doesn't I, did, count. I didn't say i didn't say <laughs> lovable I just said loser i Okay, so the quote from Clemens, which I kind of made my blood run cold, was was this one: "Favored above kings are, and emperors is the stillborn child." Oh yeah, like whoa, that's deep. Well, no, it's not. It's not. Well, come on, it, to never be born. <laughs> no, yeah, come out of the womb dead. And he also goes over is like I didn't really understand it as a kid. But now I'm kind of understanding it. Now I'm impaled with a harpoon and, yeah. you know, people are palming my head and throwing me around. Well, what's it he said? You have to have a um, body has to have a few years on it before it really gets the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. And yeah. I think I think his sort of like hick backward way with words, but he has a certain like hick eloquence. sensibility of yeah, like hick eloquence. And I think that's part of the reason why we're interested in like hearing what he has to say. Mm-hmm. Well, man, what is the, the word for uh, when it's a regional dialect? Not right. Americanism, uh, lexicon, not lexicon, but it's just uh, like a colloquialism. Colloquialism, that's the one. yeah. yeah. Uh, that lingo, lingo. Yeah. But I mean, like the way that he speaks is consistent throughout, and mm-hmm. Rick Remender did a fantastic job of getting across some very complex ideas later on, whilst remaining in the bounds of sort of the character, how the character would say it, as opposed mm-hmm. to how Rick Remender would say it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, Heath has really developed through the series. I know it's not just in this book, but he's a lovable loser in this one. He really does become a tragic hero as things progress. One hopes. Yeah, I remember. I remember when he, when yeah. I got into the later books, and and there was a lot more. Um, he wasn't purposely because of the way the story develops. You see him change from this kind of. Um, 
you know, bumbling exterminator that's just trying to make a paycheck to he gets a lot darker over the course of the book and he he he's not he's not just this funny guy that wants to drink anymore. He's like um you know, he he you see much more of the the darker parts of his psyche and the reason why he's drinking, you yeah. know, and you, yeah, like, you kind of get a definite reason why my he's favorite scene is actually from book two of the entire thing. And it just starts out with, I piss where I want old man. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan. This, this book, I got into this book actually because it was recommended to me by, uh, am tower. Um, and I was what? No, Oh, uh, and I, I was kind of, I bought the first one and it sat on my shelf for a while and I read, I sat on my shelf and then I picked it up finally and I read through the first one and immediately bought all the others. Just, I like the next day went out, bought the entire rest of the series. Um, and I, I can't, I can't suggest that anybody do anything but that. I would say if you want to go read this book, just buy the whole goddamn thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and that's why you guys were saying at the beginning, you wish it was collected in as a, big, a giant hardback yeah, bag and club a baby seal with. Now that it's, now that it's, uh, now that it's finished, I, I, w- I actually would like to see it in two hardcovers, but that's only because uh, it makes, makes it easier to read. And you could crush the baby seal's head between. <laughs> the well, you, you use one to brace the back of the baby yeah. seal's head. So it's like, arf, arf, arf. And just like, Thump, right to the, the base of the spine. What the fuck is wrong with you people? I, Isn't this, that why this, you read comics? This thing has what? gone a <laughs> little couple steps beyond where it should have. Um, Baby but that's okay. That's damn right it's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really hoping that now that it's finished, the I think it's I think it'll technically be the seventh hardcover, but it's this or the seventh trade, but it's uh the sixth that actually encompasses the ongoing series because one of the trades was Tales of the Fear Agents, which is the side stories. Um That's hit and miss. <clears throat> really, I haven't gotten there yet. Um but I'm hoping that it it gets the nice you know hardcover treatment, but that is going to involve people paying money for what they have right now. Mm. Like go out get the trades, so that we can see a better version of it. Um, I want I want this in hardcover so bad um, because this is going to fall apart. I know uh, hard trades always fall apart on me because yeah. I read them multiple, multiple times. Multiple times, and I mean this one's already getting dinged up, so. Yeah. See, and I'm just I'm just starting. So my trades are all brand new. I honestly I didn't start getting into this comic book stuff until like right before this podcast. So, mm-hmm. so um, I I would like to get more collected stuff. And now I'm starting to get more into like different writers and different stories and whatnot. And like I started with Reminder by Last Days of American Crime. Mm-hmm. Really liked it. Wanted some noir stuff. And like, oh, if you like this, here's something else. And I was like, whoa, this is really great. Because I remember the old serials of like sci-fi. I used to love that stuff. with Star Wars, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, and now I'm, I'm getting to other art and other writers and, and artists. Right? Yeah? Okay. Not drawers. <laughs> just talk about Not drawers. drawers. <laughs> other, other drawers. Because they, they draw pretty pictures. And I'm just starting to... to Get all different stuff like Brian Wood and BKV mm. and Bendis yeah. and Brubaker and mm-hmm. and I'm still not really familiar with with DC because every kind of story that I read or storyline in DC is just so boring. It really is. I've read very very little DC. I think I read the Batman Hush 
Yeah. And that's Alan Moore's. That's one of the better. Uh, that, was a, that was a good book. And Swamp Thing? Uh, first one of the Swamp Thing. I want to get more of that because that was really friggin' awesome. You Okay. Yes. I didn't say and anything. I know. You, you know. don't have to. I, I do know. We don't know, okay. so why are because you... Because I'm just going to fill you in. Okay, the reason why is because Andy, at first he had lent me Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. which I heard is a great run, and I haven't got around to it because I'm one of those people where I, I have to feel right for a book at the time. It's have you played my copy of Uncharted yet? Yeah, I have. Oh, I have. I, I made it past the... Have you finished Uncharted 3 yet? No. I made it past the exploding... Barrels. Submarine or something like that. <laughs> Exploding barrels, yeah. <laughs> the first set. No, and and then he also gave me, I, I don't know why, and he's been very nice about this, the absolute edition of um, Long Halloween. Mm. And, I, and how long has that been, Andy? Come on, Mentat. Years. Okay, crank it. I think like two. Not two years. It's been like a year and a half. It's been a while. And I still, <laughs> I, I'm afraid of cracking it open of what I'll see. Why you cannot unsee it? It could be, it, yeah, uh, exactly. It could be a bad story, and then you know, I've been been right because up. that's what people that's what people generally do is loan their friends bad stories. Well, I do that to you on hey yes. after the fact all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's fair. And that has a different purpose. There you go. <laughs> that's well, like that would be like you going, "Hey, Andy, you should read this Hulked Out Heroes." Like you wouldn't do that to your friends. I've, well, Hulked maybe you would. Hey, Luke, Hulked Out Heroes is dude, hilarious. I've got this great book I'd recommend to you. It's called Breathe Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. You're going to make me read that okay. fucker more, aren't you? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true because there are some comic books that I've recommended and people are like, eh. Yeah. It's okay. Didn't I recommend uh, King Country to you? Mm, yeah. I thought, was that the one you didn't get into? I did. I get it got into it and then it got a little too current affairs into Iraq of Wars and stuff like that. But anyway. Okay. So, uh, so since we're, since we're, I think we're devolving. kind of running out and devolving into other discussions. Let's bring it back around to Fear Agent with uh, By Borrow Burn. And? Uh, I would say Borrow, if you like sci-fi, buy. I, I would or if you it? like pulp. I, I'm, I'm a pulpy person. I'd buy it. I, wait, the, don't the rest of us have all three or four or yeah. five? Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a buy. If it, if it's any indication, I would like to borrow the rest of them from yeah. y'all. There you go. I, I will get you the other ones through Mike. Cool. Yeah. My personal First opinion about free. this particular book is that if you like comics, you'll like this book. Even if you're not a sci-fi nut, I think this is a wide enough appeal that just about anybody would would sit down and enjoy this. I would say on the inverse, actually, if you just like sci-fi and you don't like comics, you'd still like this. Yeah, book. Absolutely. yeah, for sure. Um, and my personal uh, recommendation for everybody out there is to buy the whole flip and run. Just wow. buy all the trades because they're worth it. And the beautiful thing about it, maybe I'm throwing him under the bus a little bit here, but Remender is constantly posting to Twitter about the fact that he's got a money-back guarantee on this book. If you buy it and you don't like it, you can let Remender know that you bought it and read it and didn't like it, and he will give you your money back for it. Seriously. And he's 100% wow. serious. He posts about it probably once a week. He says something about, go out and buy Fury Agent because I'll pay you for it. <laughs> so, like, I really want to be like, hey, um, as the inverse of that, can I send you some booze of some sort? <laughs> <laughs> right? Seriously. I, I got well more than my money out of this. Yeah, absolutely. I don't I, I can't imagine anybody buying this and not liking it, to be entirely honest. Unless you're just unless you're just doing it to be ironic. You know, if if you know that you don't like sci fi at all and you hate comic books, mm. you'll and then you go buy this and you don't don't like well duh. If you spend your free time watching Jersey Shore, this might not be the uh, <laughs> The material for you. If the only uh, comics wait, you've ever read words? are by Joe Sacco, then it might not be appropriate for you. Amazing. 
I wonder if uh, I wonder if the alien the alien brains from from this book are what uh, generated the Snooky spawn. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That's it has the shape of her hair. Now we, now we know where the feeders came from. Oh, there we go. Are you going to record? I'll give the gum. Is it good? Are we done? Is this it? Scoop it up. 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 Scoop <laughs> wow. Um, so uh, for the next show, we are going to do Level Up. It's a uh, first second, you said, yep. from first second comics. Uh, what's it about? I don't know nothing about it. It is like, it's kind of, I guess it, it does fit in the memoir genre, but, or, no, it's fiction. Never mind. Anyway, it's, <laughs> a, it, it's the story of this kid who is growing up in a completely obsessed with like 80s arcade video games in a very like strict Asian family that wants him to be a doctor and his father has some like really specific ways that he's pushing him to be a doctor and it's about him like growing up and finding his path in life and it's it's um it's written by Ten Fam and it's drawn by um Gene Yang who did uh American Born Chinese and he does these awesome watercolors does Um, it have the clay doll cover type thing it the cover looks kind of like the cover of an eighties video game. Okay. Hmm. So but does does he find a girl that he pines for and chases after him with a lot of you, video game tropes? You will you will read and find out and it's not that story. Uh, okay. It's a different it's story not, about video games. It's not Scott Pilgrim. It's not oh. Scott Pilgrim. Damn. Okay. It's not? Although this is my major aha moment about Scott Pilgrim and all of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl stories. All of the love interests in those are not real people. They're like the anima or female persona of the main Manic character. Pixie Dream Girl. Google it. Um, <laughs> well, of of course, because that's I'd rather be the guy's it. perfect woman, right? That's Creepy. what they want. Is the female half of themselves? Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's where Prince Charming comes from. He's the male half of the princess. Man. Like he's not a real person either. There you go. I mean, that's what bromances are built on, right? No. No. What? No. No. Wow. All right. I'm not even taking part in this <laughs> conversation. I'm just going <laughs> to sit here quietly and hope Romance. you guys forget I'm even here. I'm confused. Okay. Do rate you us want on iTunes. Explain I- that one. No. no but I, I could. Just. just <laughs> but it's. <laughs> really. Are you going to stroke his hair lovingly while you're doing that? <laughs> rate us on iTunes. Uh, after this show, I wouldn't be surprised if you just gave us one star. Uh, helps that a lot. Review us on Zoom. Go to social.zoom.net. Search for TSP. Log into the marketplace and give us a review. Follow us on Twitter. The main show feed is at Trade Secrets Pod. I am at Geeky Elite. Andy is at Mathtastrophe. If you want real frustration, you can also subscribe to at Correctastrophe. Joel is at Superfly and is at Ann Bean Tweets. That's an easy one. Uh, you can like our Facebook page at Facebook. Almost. Almost made it through the whole outro without fucking up. A year and it's not happened. Like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Trade Secrets Podcast. You can... If you want to be a part of the show like nobody ever does, you can tr- you can email us at tradesecrets at geekerific.com with questions, comments, uh, rants, raves. You can tell us how much how awesome we are. You can bitch at us for how much we suck. Uh, you can enter the non-existent contest. Oh, no, you can't. Um, so, yeah, uh, next show we're doing Level Up. Thank you, man. You're welcome. Thank you, Joel. Hey. Thank you, Andy. Did you say thank you, man? 
No. Anne. Huh. Thank you, Anne. I'm Luke. We're out. Make it harder, make it better. Do it faster, makes us stronger. All that never.